Yes, folks, it's Thursday. It's 2 p.m. Pacific. I'm Fred McMurray, which means this must be... to another episode of Pillars of Franchising. Live Thursdays, 5 p.m. Eastern. Be there! How we doing, Kristen? How's that for rocking? Wow. That <laughs> is amazing. We got everything almost. in there. Yeah. All, yeah. It's almost as amazing as me trying to figure out how to use my computer today. <laughs> yeah. It's been a day. Even... I... Is it Friday yet? Is it Friday? It's got to be Friday, right? Almost. Oh, well. so going to be here, right? It's close. It's Friday somewhere. It's, and it's got to be 5 o'clock somewhere. Instead of my <laughs> McDonald's iced tea, I should be having something else in my glass. But I'm not, so we're here. So we're here. We're, we're ready to go. All right, so what you got for our mentor segment? Well, our mentor segment, we're going to spend some time chatting and, and kind of run over into the time I normally allot for our mentor segment, talking with, uh, with someone from a company called IFPG later today. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time yammering on about mentees uh, and mentors at this particular point. But what I will tell you as an update to our specific mentee, uh, as I alluded to last week, uh, we are still in FDD review. So one thing I want to point out, mention, and warn everybody is when you are looking for a franchise, when you are in the situation where you are comparing one to another, make sure you clearly understand when they are renewing slash rewriting their FDDs. Because now this poor candidate that we have has gone through two FDD renewals. So just as one renewal was complete and he reviewed it, ready to move forward, oh, guess what? Now the other company is going through the renewal process. So he is in another holding pattern. And because it have, has to go through the FTC, it takes some time. So um, once again, he's in that forever holding pattern, which gets very frustrating. And uh, as you know, we've talked with David before, Going into business, whether it's this or anything else, is not for the faint of heart. And you have to have a lot of grit and stick to itness. So um, that's where we're at with him right now. And we're going to find out um, some more later on in the show. But in terms of Mario and where he's at, uh, we are waiting for that next FDD to be finished up so he can move forward. The exciting news is the one that's being completed right now is the one he thinks he wants to move forward with. So, so let's then hope that. What do you think? Crazy in there. So I've heard rumors on the street that there are two new mentees pending. Any comment? Not right now. Okay. Then we'll just leave that as rumor as a word on the street. And shall we go to my favorite part of the show? 
You should. And you know what? I should start today. Do you know why? Why? Because it's sunshine and Well, wait, sunny. wait, wait. We got to get everybody else in before we can go to my favorite part of the show. So, I mean, it's just you and me right now. So let's bring well, our, our, our other folks in. And Okay. So now we have everybody in, and instead of a big Fred One, on the screen, three, okay. I'm a small Fred with the fish coming toward me. Um, so, you know. Mm -hmm. So, where is everyone today? What's the weather like? And yes, I'm in Grover Beach, and the sun's finally no. out, and so on and so forth. But your background is Oyster Bay, St. Martin. Yeah, I wonder who gave us that one. That was me. <laughs> so, who else wants? So, where you wanted to go in first on the weather? So, where are you? Yes. What's the weather like? I want to thank you, Ray, for blessing us with this beautiful weather today. Oh, you're welcome. Nine seventy-two. Yeah. All, all week and all last week, every day we've had baseball games and baseball practices between my two boys, and not even a slightest in here i have been in winter jackets winter gloves a scarf and hand heaters so i'm really looking forward to when the show is done although the clouds seem to be rolling in racing out of here to get to the ball field again sans the winter coat so <laughs> that's it well, i i am not in the smoky mountains which is behind me i am in aurora illinois and the weather is 72 degrees. It's gorgeous outside. Can't wait to get out there. But huh? I'm doing the show. I thought you didn't like it when it was 72 degrees. I thought you only liked it when it was snowy and minus 20. That's what you well, said. No. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to acquiesce just, just for Kristen's sake. <laughs> Thank you, Rick. So, Rick. Before we go to 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 since California here, huh? We'll get to David, but let's go to our guest first. Rick, where oh, are yeah. you? Because I know he's in California. <laughs> <laughs> I am in. Thank you, Fred and Ray, and Kristen and the rest of the gang on this. But I'm in sunny Danville, California, east, thirty miles east of the city of San Francisco. We're having a bit of a cool trend after 80s and 90s this past weekend, but it's sunny and we're in a terrible drought. East Bay is my old stomping ground. We used to hang out in Walnut Creek on the weekends. Oh, cool. I'm, I'm about eight miles south of Walnut Creek. Yes, you That's are. Me too. Awesome. Welcome. Thank you. Yep. Welcome. All right, I'm in uh, I'm in Dustin, and uh, it's beautiful. It's it's a little cooler than I want, but it's it's in the it's in the seventies. <laughs> right, he's going. What? What do you mean cooler? So in the seventies and sunny, and uh, you know, picture perfect. Very nice. All right, I, I, like, I like the title of today's show, and I think we should. Uh, do you have that up there somewhere? Do we have the title up there? All no, you we don't want to know about franchising, but we're afraid to ask. <laughs> I don't think anyone on this show is afraid to ask anything. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe afraid to answer, but not afraid yeah. to ask, right? Oh, no, we're not afraid of that either. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> we're not even afraid to be wrong, really. We just throw it out there and see what happens. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. We try not to be wrong, but we always have to throw out a disclaimer that, you know, we're right to the best of our knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. But that that's sounds... why we have experts like you on with us, Rick. That's exactly why we invite people like you on. Yeah. See, my dad Thanks. used to always say, I may not, rule number one, I'm never wrong. Rule number two, in case I am wrong, refer back to rule number one. I think the point, though, here is you should never be afraid to ask any questions, especially about franchising, especially about making the probably the biggest investment you'll ever make in your entire life, including your home. So maybe, maybe we should ask what questions are people are afraid, uh, afraid, are people afraid to ask? Let's start with that, maybe. Ray, would you introduce everyone to Rick? I can reduce, I can introduce everyone to Rick, but maybe we should introduce Rick. To everyone? To everyone. <laughs> Is that a matter of semantics? I don't know. <laughs> uh, so let me pull up. Okay. Uh, Richard Rick Morgan is on the San Francisco franchise beat where he provides a free service helping individuals realize their dreams of owning a business of their own. He welcomes the chance to speak with professionals about potentially applying their expertise in a more entrepreneurial setting. Is that pretty accurate, Rick? It's, it's accurate, sure. Okay, sure, sure. all right. So, uh, and then uh, where, where's uh, Dave? Dave, well, Dave, uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and then and well, let me start with my, you know, I don't know if you've watched the show before, but, you know, basically, uh, I own a franchise, a Molly Made franchise, Kristen owns a Molly Made franchise, and uh, Dave has owned franchises, but is no longer doing that. So maybe we can go from Dave and give us a, you know, a, a 10 second cap of what you're doing today. Sure. I mean, actually, yes, I sold my current, my past franchises, and um, I'm actually in the middle of reading an FDB myself, Kristen, that just was released um, on, uh, a few days ago. So Get uh, out! Get out! Yeah. So, okay, we, so we looking... have a little post-call conference to have here, Mr. Kajanik. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I've, I've, narrowed, I've narrowed down my search, so I'm, okay. I'm a mentor and a mentee, I guess, right? So I narrowed down my search. I'm looking at this particular opportunity and uh -huh. they sent the FDD and it was a mere 477 pages. So I'm looking forward. <laughs> Just some light but, reading before yeah. bed. I know. You're gonna yeah, at the outset, it's one of the most well put together FDDs I've seen in a long time. So I'm, I'm so it's not as onerous as it sounds. And I think a good portion of that is the operating agreements, everything else that's in there. But awesome. I'm only... 50 pages in, so I've got a ways to go. <laughs> Good. Well, you know what? We're going to talk about that throughout today's show. And what I want to know is, Rick, right now today, obviously, we're coming out of COVID. Things are a hot mess out there. Um, we 
frequently talk about the difference, um, the different ways that businesses are being run today, whether it's from a, a staffing perspective, how people are getting money. Tell me from your perspective and in your profession, what are some of the trends that you're seeing in franchising today that may be a little different now that we're post COVID? Well, you know, uh, sort of post COVID. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, almost. Uh... You know, it was interesting this morning on the news that uh, California is going to be fully open middle of June. Wow. And there may not even be a mask mandate, which be would be really unusual for this, this state. You know, yeah, your government's going to go for that, huh? But, you know, coming during COVID and, and coming on the side of where there's light in the tunnel, Certainly, home, in my opinion, home services were, were king. Mm -hmm. Anything to do with the home, the property, and the maintenance of, of that, that property. However, I mean, during the height of COVID, I, I really have to hand it to, is it okay if I name names? Sure. Exponential Fitness. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, starting in April, that the CEO of that, that company started doing weekly uh, Zoom calls mm -hmm. just to give updates on, on what their, how the corporate environment is helping out the franchisees in order to prevent permanent closings. Mm -hmm. And just recently, within the last six weeks, we had an update call with, with them. And through, up till now, they've had zero permanent closings. That's awesome. Yeah, so so it's even though those industries that we hear about from hospitality and, and fitness and retail got hit, certain ones that really took action and embraced the situation they're in, I think they, they're coming out stronger. And actually, Exponential had opened up more units. But as we you know finish first quarter and finish the first month of the second quarter, Home services are still, uh, and waste management. I mean, I think the darling of, in my opinion, again, in 2020 was a company called Smash My Trash. I think and, that's uh, really interesting because I will tell you, you know, Ray and I are in home home services, right? And and several, not, not us, we didn't need to close, but several of our offices, depending on where in the country they were and how they were hit, needed to close for a couple of weeks just to kind of, yeah reassess protect the employees the customers certainly didn't want you in their most personal private areas because everybody was afraid and so the fact that there were some gyms that managed to not close is pretty incredible and the fact that now home services are booming again is amazing i mean right now so what we're seeing is that yes i agree with you home services in in our particular category are booming now we just got to get help, right? Now we need the people yeah. to come to work. Right, exactly. Exactly. Well, I think that's going to be the the uh, main issue, main concern is filling that labor demand. Um, yeah, we were talking, my office manager and I today, how interesting it's been that um, not only has business picked up, but it's almost where the sense is that people have been locked in their homes for so long. And now here, the weather has changed and the last place they wanna be and the last thing they wanna do is be inside cleaning. Yeah. 
they're like, oh, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. Not only do I not want to be inside, but I don't want to be clean in this place. I don't want to see the inside of my home for the next four or five months, right? Like, so they just don't right. want to do that at all. Yeah. And um, so I, I'm really excited to see that part. I also think, you know, you look at companies like a Mr. Handyman, who now they can finally get in, not that they couldn't before, but you were definitely more precautions. Uh, more people were saying, you know what? Yeah, the ceiling fan's broken. I'm not going to fix it yet. Um, certainly more more caution was being taken before you hired a handyman to come in and fix things. So so that's that's very interesting too. see those businesses. I mean, you can just, you can experience and feel how the perception of, of uh, reality or the situation we're in has, has changed. May of 2020, you wouldn't want Mr. Handyman, or you wouldn't want Molly Bay to, to to come in. You know, it's it's now those services are, are are certainly roaring back, and I think I agree. Finding the labor supply to be able to meet customer demand that that could be the biggest challenge. That is the biggest challenge right now. Yeah. Yeah, what's what's I also look at what's happening on the franchisor side as a one of my personal leading indicators mm -hmm. and of what's you know what's gonna happen in the coming months, the coming quarters, coming years. And in the last month we've had three uh, pet industry franchises join the inventory of the franchise consulting company. And uh, you know, if if I'm talking with a candidate and we're talking yeah. about industries. You know, that, that's an amazing industry that that industry is and and just like home services yep. with you know, increase in pet adoptions yep and during covid and then uh, i just saw a a what was it i guess it was just a statement from an analyst from morgan stanley that 65 percent of 18 to 20 34 year olds is you going to increase the number of pets or get a new pet within the yeah. next five years. Yeah. So you have, a, you have this huge forecasted increase in the pet industry through 2030. Yeah, unfortunately, so, some of those people, you know, there, there, is a, there is a small portion that maybe got a pet and now is changing their mind because, you know, they got a puppy, now they got to go back to work and they can't understand why, you know, you look at my staircase, my puppy chewed three of the risers and took out, you know, my most expensive favorite pair of shoes and, I mean, those things happen if you don't train your dog, you don't spend time, right? That's going to happen. But I think the whole pet industry has been on the fringe of booming for a while now. And yeah. a lot of money on their animals. They do. And then that also feeds into home services and yeah. this is you guys own because pet hair, pet dander. Oh, yeah. How do you, how do you keep the environment, you know, oh, yeah. allergy free? Yeah. Oh, poop pickup. That's, that's a poop business. Pickup. Oh my God. I was at the grocery store. I walked up and here's this truck seat out there. It's like poop 911 or something. And I'm like, really? Like, I, and I used to have that service back when I first started Molly Made. There was a this guy, Ron John Poobigon, right? And he started his own little company. And uh, I used to have him come out for like 12 bucks for three dogs, right? He would do it once a week. And I thought, well, that's kind of really, I have kids now that are older, they should go do it, right? So I don't use that service anymore, but a lot of people do. And it's all about the time value of money, right? How much time do you have? Yes. And is that the thing you want to be doing with it? Or do you want to be like me and go out to the ballpark and watch your kids play ball? So wait a second. Wasn't there a song called Poop, There It Is? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> well, that's how my 12 year old would sing it. Yeah, I, think, I think it was duty calls. No. <laughs> we'll have you do that dance, Fred, at the next break. <laughs> Which probably, now that I mention it, are we? I don't even know where my clock is. Oh, yeah, we got to take a break and pay the bills. When we come back, I'm interested to hear some more trends and what you see um, when people call and want to talk to you about upcoming franchises. What kind of, would you say, demographic in terms of age group? What generation is probably the right, um, the right word to use? Do you see uh, most hungry to buy a franchise right now? That's what I want to talk about when we come back. Is it Gen X? Is it Gen Y? Is it Z? Is it Boomers? Who's coming to you right now looking to get out of corporate America? So for now, Fred, take us to commercial. We'll come back and examine that question next. All right. As a reminder to our watchers, listeners, you can chat at PillarsOfFranchising.com or you can dial in at 323-580-5755. That's 323-580-5755. But realize you won't be talking to me. You'll be actually talking to our technical producer, Heidi, who is a nice person. So do not be obscene. Otherwise, you'll get me. Hey, franchise owners. How is your local marketing? Do you feel like you could use some help keeping up with your social media posts and comments and reviews? Do you wonder if you could be doing more to attract local customers? Are you able to identify new movements to your local area? At Westvine, we help franchisees like you reach more local customers through digital marketing. With daily monitoring, creative content, and ad placement, and customer data intelligence, We'll get your business in front of the people who want your products or services. We also work with franchisors who need an agency to handle the digital marketing for all of their locations. If you're ready to reach more local customers, give us a call at 805-265-5440 or visit us at westvine.com. That's 805-265-5440 or westvine with a y.com. And we're back, folks. 323-580-5755. And be nice, Tidy. She is very nice. <laughs> I'm not, but she is. Right, right. Evil Skippy on the other end. So so Rick, what do you what are you hearing from people? What kind what generations are calling you saying, hey, now that they're asking us to come back to the office, we're not so sure we want to go. Kristen and my active pipeline. I, lately, I've been seeing probably between the ages of 38 and low 50s, early 50s. Mm -hmm. Those, and you know, those they're going to have different reasons. Uh, I, that may span different generations. I, I, I'm not sure. I always get mixed up at the cutting off, cut off of millennial to X, uh, and and well, I know it's booming, but sure. So from the late 30s, let's say 38 to 45, mm -hmm. they have gotten enough corporate experience under the belt and now want to control their livelihood, control their destiny. Yeah. And so I, I had a consultation just on uh, Monday and, and it's, you know, we, we all agreed, you know, I, I, I too, uh, I went into consulting after a number of years of corporate, so I wanted to explain that I had no misgivings. I have a great, had a great experience, and they did too. Mm -hmm. But something else, they they realize there's something else. Okay. And then if you look at 
candidates who my candidates who are 48 to 54, let's say, they're looking beyond. You know, they're they're looking to make a change and prepare themselves for, you know, leaving the corporate world, kind of right. retiring, yep. continuing to work, continue because they're not going to just stop and do yeah. it, you know, not do anything. But that's a different. That's their mindset. Sure, and that's more of a lifestyle shift, right? Like I know right. I fit within that category, and for me. You know, I've switched when I first bought the business, I was in that earlier thing, right? I just want to get out of corporate. I want to control what I was doing. And I understood that, you know, when you first buy in, you're working like a dog, just like you were in corporate America. However, you're working for yourself, right? Yeah. And then as you renew your contract and you're into the second stage or the second phase of ownership, now you're more about the lifestyle, right? And so now we're halfway through that contract and the conversation. And Ray, you, you have this, I'm sure, with, with your kids, right? So, you know, we happen to know Ray is looking at, okay, he's getting ready to pass the baton. I'm not at that, set, at that point yet, but I'm looking at stepping a little further out. I go in once or twice a week, right? And, and mm -hmm. I'm looking at, okay, so how long do I hold on to this business where it can continue to generate income and I don't have to be there? that often right so and i think it's really important that's what's great about a franchise is that the systems are there and you don't have to be there long term i could open business 30 40 years and be less and less involved you know i totally know there may be days that everything goes wrong and i got to parachute in right like that's just part yeah. of owning a business but right. I don't have to be there every day, you know, 12 hours a day that those days, hopefully, please are gone. <laughs> you know, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, well, you guys are great examples of longtime franchise owners, but to get to where you are, you realize that there's a system and a process and if you follow it, follow it, you have a greater chance for success. Yeah. And thinking you know, everything and try to deviate from that. Yeah. Are these folks coming in looking? Do they have kind of an idea of certain business types that they have in mind? Or are they really coming to you with kind of an open mind and letting you guide them? Pretty much an open mind. Okay. And, and looking for my recommendations based on the, the business model we, we build together. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the, the process I'll, I'll follow is build that business model with them. And then based on my inventory is to create that matching process there the, the consultation i had on on monday they had looked at a, a certain business before but they were and almost pulled the trigger and this goes back a few you know a few years sure but just stated up front that they're coming in with a with an open mind a blank slate mm -hmm. so we'll we'll talk about business concepts next week and you know, I've done my stuff, territory checks. I, I have done some, gotten some millennials into franchising and I'm always amazed and I'll tell them that. I said, if I am so jealous of you because if I would have realized had this mindset of that you have now when, when I was your age, uh, the, the world could have been in my hands instead of mm -hmm. thinking that I had to work, 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 work to get ahead. and. Yeah. figured out much later in my life. Yeah. So how often do you find that um, 
people come back to you or are looking for uh, maybe a multi-unit concept that allows them to build wealth perhaps more quickly? Does that happen often? It's starting to happen. I've been in this industry for uh, next next month. It'll be my six-year anniversary in this industry. Okay. So if you think about if if it took me seven months to do my first deal, right, right. You know, those those folk, folks are just turning the corner of the five-year mark. Right. Uh, you know, so it's it's starting to happen. Okay. Uh, yeah. I know I get a little antsy. Don't you, Ray? I get antsy. <laughs> A good recommendation to uh, people coming to you would be to keep an open mind because if they have a specific concept in mind, they may be surprised at what else is out there. Mm -hmm. Something that could oh, yeah. fit them better than what, you know, uh, we had someone not too long ago who wanted a specific type of donut. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> And when we, I think when we got done talking with them, um, that may not have been the best choice for them. And uh, I, I think there's a lot of people out there. I know myself, I, I had some specific industries in mind and, and uh, it turned out cleaning toilets. So <laughs> it was completely opposite of what I had in mind, but I'm still doing what I like to do because the, the business is, uh, you know, the day-to-day -day business was, uh, is sort of running itself, but the things I like mm -hmm. to do are more mechanical things like working on vacuum cleaners and cars, I know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, are still there for me. Yeah. So. yeah you know, that goes, goes back to the start of the broadcast, the start of the show when the, the question was kind of posed, what uh, the fear of asking questions about franchising uh, I know Ray played off a of Woody Allen uh, film title, but that is a that is a fear. Yeah, mm -hmm. is in a, a question that somebody should ask me is franchising more than fast food and retail, mm -hmm. and yeah. then walking through this big world and diverse world of eighty hundred different industries. You know, oh, yeah. 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 What do you think is the craziest franchise <laughs> franchise type? craziest type that you've ever come across or heard of? Well, I, I mean, I, I, I can think of one right off the bat. Okay, what is it? And then maybe that'll jog his it, memory. It, it, and then that, that gives Rick a chance to think a little bit more. Maybe. Right. But I thought hatchet throwing was really I was cool. going to say that, yeah. <laughs> Yes. See, you said yes. that, and I'm Excellent. going, is Lover's Lane, is Lover's Lane a franchise? I don't know, because that's kind of a racy, weird little, I don't know if that's a franchise, I never looked into that, because I'd never buy that, but it's kind of a, you know, off-brand, weird kind of thing. I like the ninja um, one. There was actually a ninja training group that I met at IFA in LA several years back, and we could never quite get them on the show, but to me... You know, learning how to be a ninja was a great franchise. Are they still around, the ninja franchise? That's kind of weird. Like, what would you do with those ninja skills? Creep around your neighborhood? <laughs> what would I do? Or what would the normal person? Well, you'd be person... looking in windows. You'd be like the, the, the creeper Tom, creeper Fred, right? 
No, no, no. That's no. right, me. You, you so, remember okay. the, so the old Saturday Night Lights Life show? Uh, they had a parody on a franchise called the Scotch Tape Store. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that I thought was really funny. Yeah. I mean, that's all they sold was scotch tape. Of course, I mean, you go into a store now and they, they have a whole counter on different Yeah, duct tape. Duct tape and multiple colors of duct tape. Yeah, I love yeah. duct tape. I love duct tape. And I get super excited if I can buy neon pink duct tape because I label all my equipment with neon pink duct tape. <laughs> then I can spy if somebody has my broom or my vacuum. It's like, listen, it's, it's mine. It's clearly mine. Yeah. But what other models, what else have you seen, Rick? I mean, I can think of things that would really make odd models of franchising, but I don't yeah. know. Well, all right. So one other service that we can provide relates to business owners. Mm -hmm. So we work with a division, a department, however you want to call it, that helps businesses franchise, uh -huh. franchise the brand. So, so in, in that short period of time, it's been probably a couple of years, I've, and I, I'm, not everything has gone to the point of becoming a franchise, but we're still talking. Well, one, one is, so waste management, junk removal, you know, that's, but think about waste removal, waste management or junk removal for the cannabis industry. Hmm. And being able to franchise that. People want to throw that stuff away? Well, it's, there there are stuff that's unusable. <laughs> it's called up in the smoke. Up in the smoke. Up, up Cheech and smoke. Chong. <laughs> yes. Uh, and oh, what do they do with that? That's a good question. Yeah, it's it's there's specific state requirements that, and as more and more states either accept medical or, or recreational, you're going to have to have a, a disposal at every point of the supply chain. And there's the thought of it yeah. could be franchise. Yeah. So that's uh, that, that's okay. That's a very unique idea, you know. Yeah. Okay, that's good. See, I wasn't afraid to ask that. So, yeah. what, what about funding partners? Do you guys have like some funding resources if people want to work with you as well? That you yeah. help people. Yes, and I, I interject that that ability to understand their options to finance uh, very early on in the process and repeat it in, in case it needs to be. But okay. we, we work with the usual uh, suspects uh -huh. and some other smaller ones from Guidant to Benetrends, Fran Fund, Tenant, and yep. so on and so forth. Uh, okay. there, there have been other funding sources that are coming into our portfolio that we can develop relationships with same with franchise attorneys. Okay. Uh, so depending, you know, it's very similar to finding the right match of a franchise to present. Who will this, my client, best fit with the funding, the, the option to fund the business? Who are they going to match with? And, yeah. and I would assume that that also is dependent upon what type of business they're going to open, correct? Yeah, correct. Okay. Correct. I mean, I mean, if it's very simple and it's the best solution could be an SBA Express type loan, then then it's sure. all right. Who am I going to choose? 
Right. And, <laughs> and for some of you who may not understand why I said that, um, there are some funding sources that are also very comfortable with certain franchisor brands. And so there's kind of a, um, I'll call it what would be related to a pre-existing relationship. They understand the brand, they understand how the brand makes money. And so um, they tend to enjoy working with that particular franchisor. Also some um, funding sources are very comfortable working with say uh, restaurateurs. And so that is sometimes an easy match. Some are not comfortable working in fast food. So that's not an easy match. And so people like Rick have to understand you know, who's what in that whole industry to make sure that they put you with the right people. Um, obviously some franchises need buildings. So that's a whole other ball game, right? And you probably have, I would assume, some real estate folks that you can help guide people with. Is that accurate? Oh, that's accurate. If, if a client wants to acquire the land and build a building, uh, then that's going to, then I, I've got to, you know, think care carefully who's going to be the best resource for them. Right. And it may not be the standard one. Uh, and, and we found that other certain banks that we work with, they are, have some very specific requirements, like you said, have to be operating, have to be in certain industries before they'll, they'll work with the candidate for funding yeah. options. Yeah. Do you find that um, some of the, you know, you talked about helping entrepreneurs become franchises or franchisors, actually. Do you find that those are challenging um, to get funding for sometimes? Well, yes, it, it, yes. I, I mean, I'll, I'll use one example. I'll use two examples. Yes and no, because the fee that the the company franchise Janice's that we worked with, if you compare it to an independent attorney who's going to charge do the same hours and charge, is very reasonable. So, and, and but there's a, a business in Chicago who. They manufacture these, these really neat modular furniture. And those, uh, the furniture can be adapted to different industries, different modalities. So each one could become a, a franchise. I'm not, I'm maybe not explaining it correctly, but they're looking at having to fund the process for four franchises at once. So that requires additional, uh, you know, the, the, need to seek funding. Sure, so sure. In that situation, it's going to be a little more difficult. Okay. So let me ask you the final question. In all that you've been dealing with here and all that you know, because you get to have a unique look at all kinds of different facets of franchising right now, um, from the people looking to buy, from the franchisor side, from the funding side, is now a good time for people to be looking at buying a franchise? And it's the best time. It really is. The opportunity is now. I mean, pent up demand. And you can see that in any community you go to. I think it still is and will be for a while a lessee's market. Right. And they're looking. Landlords are, are negotiating, and I'm hearing that from franchisors. A number of industries and franchises within those industries came up stronger in the mm -hmm. pandemic. 
I was starting to see the industries that were hit hardest during 2020 mm-hmm. emerge. And I see that from the, the number of offerings that are coming to our inventory. So three pet, well, they, they didn't get hit hard, you know, and they survived the last two recessions and grew double digits. But restaurant, we've had three restaurant, new restaurant company, company well, not totally new, but new to us and emerging, come into our inventory in the last three weeks. We, we had a couple of, um, a tune-up Manly Salon, and that company owns two other brands that I'll eventually come come into our inventory. So those, those emerging brands are seeing these market conditions changing and seeing the opportunity. And so that if anybody is thinking about owning a franchise for whatever motive, now's the time. Well, I really thank you. And, and, I, and I'm really glad that, um, that you feel that way too. There, everybody so far that's been on the show has pretty much said the same thing that and, you know, we'd love to ask people who have a really broad view of, of the industry because it's easy for us to sit back and we kind of look at it from our own perspectives. Um, but people who have a big, big perspective like you and you're looking at it from all different points of view and you're talking to all different people, it's really great because you're hearing, you know, all of the industry experts. So we thank you for taking time out of your, out of your busy schedule uh, to come and talk with us today on the show and help guide our listeners into, you know, how to go about, how do people find you if they want to give you a phone call or drop you a line? Can you tell us that? I will welcome a phone call, 925-324-6371, 925-324-6371. You can find me on LinkedIn under Richard Morgan, and my Email address is rick, R-S-U-K, at thefranchiseconsultingcompany.com. Probably the longest URL for an email <laughs> around. Rick at thefranchiseconsultingcompany.com. But thank you. And it's been a privilege. It, it really has been a privilege to be a guest on, on your you. show, Kristen, Fred, Ray, and, and, and uh, company. Thank well, you we hope much. that you'll come back and see us again. And all of your information will also be posted on the on the uh, show's page. And uh, again, thank you so much. We're going to go ahead and go to commercial. And then we'll kind of come back with some more exciting information that Dave's got for you. And we got a special um, interview with Red Boswell from IFPG. So again, thank you so much, Rick. And we'll look forward to having you on again really soon. Okay? Okay. Thank you. Take You're us welcome. away, Fred. The Franchise Woman is a bi-monthly digital magazine that empowers women as they navigate the franchising industry by providing relevant news, tools, advice, and inspiration. We are a resource for women who are seeking to own their own businesses, improve their existing businesses, find creative solutions, and take advantage of franchise opportunities. We feature women in the business who best exemplify our ideals and have something to teach our readers. In addition to our exclusive articles relating to the female entrepreneur, we also feature brands that are geared for women. Women have become the fastest growing sector in business ownership and have become a powerful, influenceable force fueling the economy. The Franchise Women will give you the news that is relevant to you to help you navigate the path of successful franchise ownership. By women, for women, and about women, we are the Franchise Women. Join us today at www.thefranchisewoman.com. All right. Here we are. We're back. 
Yeah, I feel kind of weird like I'm floating in the sky. Don't you feel kind of weird? <laughs> and I feel like we have a puppet master behind the big screen who can just like yank us, you know, like up and down or back and forth, put things on our heads. Kind of. And he enjoys it. I know. It's a little bit uncomfortable, but. So Why shouldn't I have... enjoy it? There he is. There he is. It, it's like the voice of Oz. <laughs> I prefer the voice of Doom, but you know, it, yeah, Oz, okay. The, the, the Wiz, the Wiz. Come the on. Wiz. <laughs> uh, now I need a bio break. Never mind. <laughs> All right. Well, you got well, some good platinum, platinum, right? I'm yeah, not I'm going to get into that same, but you know, I, I'm not the biggest movie TV buff guy out there. As a matter of fact, I, I don't really. I watch a movie I never remember the name of it and I don't really watch any TV shows but I have to admit from the very beginning when Rick came on and uh, I, I couldn't get Al Pacino out of my head so am I the only one that thought his voice sounded like Al Pacino or, is that, <laughs> or anybody else pick up on that no just me no, just me looks like you're out there alone that. David out there alone all right so anyways hey listen he brought up some good stuff that I just want to touch on before I get into my stuff you know, I thought it was unique, especially in, you've been talking on a couple of shows about how hard it is to find help. And you have that whole controversy over everybody getting unemployment um, and not yeah. wanting to go to work and that kind of stuff. And, and, and it kind of just flew by when Rick was talking about it, but it was really, really interesting. The path that all of us take we start off in entry level positions at minimum wage. And a lot of us start off with just nominal pay but that's where we learned how to work that's where we learned right. how business works that's how we learned how to develop our skills that's how we learned you know how how people are treated how you treat other people i mean all those things and then you bounce around a couple different jobs you find out what you're good at and you yep. move on then you enter a corporate world say right yep. so now you have more education more understanding of how the work world works and then you go into your own business i, I think that's as he was saying, and I started thinking, that is a normal path. And I think about how many people right now aren't even exploring jobs because they're only thinking about, give me some money to survive. And yeah. they're shorting their entire lives because of it. I, I, yeah. I'm so passionate about that. I could go and talk about that for years. But oh, there's yeah. so many people that are just sitting there, give me a handout. And meanwhile, their drive is dwindling. Their brains are dwindling. They're, they're just... They become, as somebody used to tell me all the time, now they're just human, right? They're not making a positive impact on anybody else. They're just human. They're just well, there. And, and don't and forget people, that's great for people that want to be that. That's great. People listening to the show, totally different, right? We've developed our skills to move on. Yeah. And don't forget, so, so when I was in hiring, if I found somebody I was interviewing and there was a gap of employment, my first question was, so tell me, what were you doing during this time? Yeah. And I would want to know, like, if you were unemployed for a, a long period of time, now now I know if I'm interviewing somebody and it's during this period of time and they say to me, oh, well, you know, it's, it's COVID. Okay, yeah, I got that. So COVID went on for so long. And now I understand there was a huge, huge demand for labor, but you still weren't working. And what, well, you know, we had this long conversation on Tuesday for our planning meeting, but you know, we're, and we're not going to get political, but I, I, I do believe 
that you're absolutely right. There is a path. And I think it's important that our young people are shown the path so that we don't become a society of lazy people who expect things because we can never be the greatest country again if we don't focus on teaching them how to grow in their employment and how to get the skills they need that makes them a better employee and eventually an employer, right? Because yeah. they'll never learn to be an employer if they never learn how to be a good employee. This is we got to start by stop handing out participation awards. Yeah. Well, I, I was interviewed the other day um, it, because of the exit of the, of the selling of the business, and I asked was was my biggest, um, I guess, most rewarding thing of that. And my re most rewarding thing was, and I would not have been able to do this unless I owned the business, was the positive impact we made on all the employees along the way. Um, in a lot of different ways, and the impact we made um, in our communities, yeah. and and that that you know that's it's it's beyond the money, it's beyond that. But anyways, we're way off topic. So, um, anyway, so today's uh, today's title, right? I want to talk about the platinum rule, and 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 we're going to get into what I mean by that here in a second. But for the last couple of shows, we've been talking about partnerships and investors and structuring deals and those types of things. So mm -hmm. I just want to take. A little bit, maybe, maybe take a little bit, another step further on. So, okay, so I hear the word partnership, and we heard people say there's, you got to have complementary skills, and the different personalities are important. I started thinking about it. So, so, to the average person, what does that really mean? Right. Right. What's that really mean? And because people hear it, they'll say it, and they'll give what I call lip service to it, but then never get it really applied, mm -hmm. and then they wonder where it all went wrong. Right. Yep. So, so I want to just, I want to talk about it just real quick. And, and again, we talked about it's developing effective relationships with, with everybody, right? Your business partners, your vendors, your managers, your employees, and your customers. And truthfully, that's a big part of success. If they fail in that, in, in any one of those areas, and they're unable to, to build relationships, they're probably going to fail in their business. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, let's yep. face it comes back to leadership we talked about that because Kristen you mentioned it earlier what do we all really want to be able to do right as business owners we want to be able to work together easily yeah right we want to eliminate stress we want to we want no stress or as little stress as possible so we need people to kind of take that stress away from us yep. and um, and we want more productivity out of our out of our teams employees partners whatever that might be so we want to work together easily, be able to communicate, you know, without, without problem. We want less stress and we want more productivity. That's right. And everybody wants those things because they end up getting you what Chris and you had mentioned, more freedom. That's right. right. We leave the corporate world because ultimately it's not so much we want more money, we want our own business, we want more freedom. We want Absolutely. more control over our time, more say, say over our time. So, so what we need to really be able to do we need to be able to influence others, right? We need to be able to influence others. And this might sound manipulative, but to get people to do what we want them to do. And you know what? To get them to do what you want them to do, you have to do what you tell them you're going to do, right? That's it's all about walking the walk and talking the talk. You can't, you know, if you say you're going to do something, you got to do it. That's right. 
So we're getting closer, right? So like yeah, you said, absolutely. So, so how do how do we do that? I mean, because Tristan, what you just said is true. But most people think they're good at this. Oh. And they're not. <laughs> most people think so they look at the, their business fails, they're gonna blame the franchise or they're gonna blame this, they're gonna blame that, blame the you know, the economy, whatever. And a lot of times it comes on this. So most people just aren't really good at getting other people to do what they want them to do, whether it's an employee, whether it's a customer buying something, whatever that case may be. So we talk about the golden golden rules, always treat others how you want to be treated. Okay, not bad, but what's even better, what's even better if you really want to make an impact and get people to do what you want them to do is the platinum rule, which is treat others how they want to be treated. And if you know how to do that, if you understand their personality, you understand you know, human behavior, that means you're going to be able to speak their language. And once you're able to speak their language, they're going to do what you need them to do. And it's not manipulative. It's to their benefit and to yours, right? I talked about this okay. many episodes ago where I said the best way to get what you want is to help everybody else get what they want. That's right. And you know what? You have to talk to them and get to know them a little bit before you would ever know that. Part of it is, you know, as you run larger teams, larger staffs, you know, how many people out there right now, especially in corporate America, it gets to be really crazy. You know, there was a point in time where I had 425 people in a store. Virtually impossible to know everyone's name, right? Now, handy, they all wore it on their apron, <laughs> you know, but the goal is to get to know everybody's name. If you don't know their names, okay, well, you know, get to know the management team, then get to know the supervisor team, and then get to know is you know all the cashiers because they're the last point of contact before the customer goes out the store, right? You have to have a strategy to get to know as many people as you can. And if you have a smaller team, get to know, okay, are they married? Do they have kids? Because if they have kids, like what's important to them, if it's the first day of school, chances are they'd like a little time in the morning before they have to come to work to get the kids on the bus, right? Those are the little things, Dave, that you're talking about, like get to know what's important to them so you can give them what they need, not just what you think they need, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's definitely one part of it. So so how do we do that in a, in a quick, you know, in a boom, in a, in, a, in a millisecond, you know, opportunity that you might have with somebody? How do you know how to communicate to somebody quickly, whether it's a customer, whether it's an employee, maybe you never met them? Um, and, it, and and I give and I give everybody real quick. This is like the two minute version, um, but it's it's real simple. If you if you're talking about human behavior and really want to understand somebody, there's there's outgoing people and there's reserved people, right? So, I'm an outgoing person. Kristen's a pretty outgoing. Ray, I'm gonna guess probably leans a little bit more reserved. Just a guess, right? So my point dancing. Is, Okay. So my point being is I, I need to recognize that right away because now I'm going to speak to you, Chris, and a lot differently than I'm going to speak to Rhett. So if I know that right off the bat, that's an easy, that's like an easy um, barometer for me. It's like if I'm walking down the street with my 90-year-old mother and I'm going at my pace and she, all of a sudden I look back and she's way behind me, I can slow down my pace. So if I'm talking to Chris, I can speak, you know, we can speak on the same level. If I'm talking to Ray, I'm gonna say, I can slow down my pace and make sure I can relate to him a little bit more. That's a great analogy. Now you take it to the next level because that's, the, that's where minor sources of conflict are. And then, so if I don't understand that, I can get real 
frustrated with Ray because he's going to speak at a slower pace than me. And I could be sitting there going, come on, come on, come on, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. Right? That happens. That's why people miscommunicate. Then the other part of it is there's people that are very task-oriented and people that are very people-oriented. Right? Chris, and you're very people-oriented. Ray's very task-oriented, right? So I go back to my partnership that I talked about before. I'm very people-oriented. My partner was very task-oriented. Right. So, and we had, you know, that helped because here's the thing, that's going to be the biggest source. If people are having a tough time getting along, if, if people listen, listening to this, if you're having a tough time getting people what you want to do, this is going to be your biggest source of conflict is not understanding who's task-oriented and who's people-oriented because it basically goes this way. Task-oriented people think that people-oriented people are, are just airheads and lazy. They just want to talk where people oriented people think task oriented people are just mean, right? You're just telling me what to do all the time. So that's a huge, huge conflict. And it's one of the biggest conflicts going on in our country right now because we didn't understand it because most of the population resides on the people oriented part. So if all you're doing is ramming policy down people oriented people's throats, they're going to just tune you out. Yep, absolutely. And I go in that deeper in a lot in a lot of the trainings I do, but but that's that's where I see a lot of frustration with managers. They don't know how to relate to. I don't care if it's an employee of theirs, a customer, whatever. They don't understand those two little areas of, of conflict, and if they don't resolve it, they're ne- they're always going to butt heads. Yep. And I so that's, that's really why I say good. speak to them in the language they want to be spoken to, and, and you have a better chance of succeeding. So, or getting, doing what you want them to do, I guess I should say. Absolutely. I think those are really great tips. Yeah, pretty cool. It's, it's, it works like magic. Trust me. It works like magic. Took me a long time to figure it out. I trained all of our managers in it. Um, It's the best, best, best thing to do. I mean, you, you just get, you, you get a lot of progress. Like I said, it helps you work together easily, eliminate stress, and you get a lot more productivity out of everybody. So it's the platinum rule. Awesome, David. As always, thank you so much. You have such great leadership and organization uh, things to share with us. We really do appreciate it. And uh, now I think Fred is going to take us to Fred. Take us to Red. All right. And welcome to the show, Mr. Red Boswell. How are you today? Awesome, Kristen. Great to see you. Love the hair. Looking very sharp. Yeah, well, it won't last long, you know, not in this weather we're having today. It's kind of drizzly and gross outside, but that's just all par for the course. You should close the window behind you. <laughs> yeah, well, you just duped me on that one. <laughs> My fake background here. <laughs> you know, I don't think anybody's ever caught me on that one before, but damn, now I got to pay attention. Oh, well, anyway, let's move along. <laughs> I have the pleasure of interviewing our friend, uh, Red Boswell. He is the president of IFPG, as you see on the sign behind him. Tell me for those, for those, for those who can't see you and for those like me struggling even with the Google goggles on, what does IFPG stand for? Well, first of all, I see Fred on here, but Fred has, I I think he said he's got somebody chopping down a tree behind him. So so we got (laughs) Fred silenced. (laughs) Yes. The the mastermind behind the scenes here. Um, IFPG, um, a lot of people kind of get us mixed up with IFA. Um, because we got the you know, oh, yeah. international franchise, so we're not association. We're actually international franchise professionals group, 
but you know, it sounds the same as IFA kind of from just the name. We're not a competitor of IFA. Um, mm-hmm. We're a, we're best known as the largest, most trusted franchise referral consultant group. I mean, you could be, the industry oftentimes calls us brokers. We're right. um, consultants, advisors, matchmakers, coaches, um, mentors, uh, really helping thousands of people across the globe, especially North America, mm-hmm. just like a realtor, find their ideal franchise. The franchisors love it because it's extremely low risk financially, right. and they pay for success, again, like a realtor. So it's a, it's a neat model that our industry has grown to be the largest provider of awarded franchises in awesome. the industry. So, And you don't only work with franchisors and brokers, you also have partners within the industry, right? We do. And there's a little bit of overlap with IFA there. So we've got okay. approximately 100, we call them vendors and suppliers right. to the industry. Um, you know, folks like funding sources, because 95% of all franchises bought have some kind of funding associated with it. And attorneys, CPAs that, you know, focus on franchising, lots of marketing companies, PR, I mean, there's software, anything a Zor or a Z, franchise or franchisee, could okay. ever need to buy for their business. We we have vendors that supply it, which okay. kind of cool. You know, if you think about the consultants, we've got nearly 700 now. Wow. Uh, they make their money referring, connecting. And mm-hmm. most of that income comes from, of course, connecting a buyer with that ideal franchise, but they're also connecting them with funding sources and all these different support uh, behind the scenes. And most of the time they get a nice little additional income stream from that too. So it's, it's very That's rewarding. Awesome. 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 So you're kind of like this, the, the spider in the spider web that connects all the different pieces, if you will. Oh, right? that is such an ugly analogy. <laughs> it is. Well, I was trying to think, you know, sometimes I, I told you, I warned you before the call and I'm like a, a cup and a half of coffee. So not all brain cells are firing yet. So Charlotte's web. She was a pretty spider. How, how about how about that coffee mug there? Oh, coffee is for closers. I need that mug. Yeah, I just have my old Starbucks mug. I hate so the term how- closer, but because, you know, that's just so negative. But I thought it was Glengarry Glen Ross. It's a fun little. Yep, yep. Well, it's kind of old school sales, right? That's what that's what it is. So. Exactly, yeah. So tell me, um, is there a cost for people who are looking to buy a franchise and choose to go through IFPG, one of you well, brokers? Thanks work? for asking. Uh, extremely rarely. Uh, okay. No, really, as a, as a rule, no. There may be okay. out of a, a thousand consultants, too, that might charge a little consulting fee to the to the buyer. But really, there's no fee whatsoever, just like realtors. You know, when you okay. get, hire a realtor uh, to find you a house, mm-hmm. you're not paying them anything. And the same with the consultants. Okay. And I assume that you probably have different levels of consultants as well. Some that have probably been in the business a long time. Some that are just getting into the business. Is that... We do. Now with IPG, we treat everybody equal. We're very libertarian, very easy to work with. So the consultants, it's not like one pays one and another. And we do train a lot of newbies. So folks who are looking to enter the industry, that's uh, one of my top priorities as president is helping people identify, is this a right fit for them? And getting them into our training program. It's a, they get done in about a month part-time. So uh, but they're starting a new career. So in many ways, we could be seen as a franchise. Now, we're not a franchise, but we're in, um, you know, a job replacement, a, a business replacement. So awesome. Yeah. So this might be a good um, thing for people to look for. What would be your ideal 
um, person who might want to join IFPG as a broker? Like, what kind of background would you recommend that they have? Whereabouts sure. in their career, do you think? Because I know you do a lot of work with the colleges, right? So in that way, you've got some programs for younger people. We, yeah, 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 interesting. It's usually the folks uh, more in your my age, you know, Fred's age, not as young as you, Kristen, but... Um, oh, well, are, I'm not that young. <laughs> we, we certainly have 27-year-old consultants, and we have 77-year-old consultants. So um, consultant, just think of the word consultant. Who fits right. into that mold? You're an mm-hmm. advisor, a trusted advisor. Um, you need to not be afraid to have tough love conversations, because that's what consultants do sometimes, remind people why they're doing something. Right. Uh, a selfless approach, asking a lot of good questions not talking too much. I fall in, I have that problem sometimes, you know, so not so salesy. Sales people love to hear their own voice. So, you know, being able to ask questions, be quiet, listen, and ultimately match make appropriately. So someone who um, uh, is wants that freedom, you know, they're, yeah. they're looking to be their own boss, work right. from anywhere as much or as little as they want, make a little or a lot, Okay, look at it this way. Uh, there's, it seems like every 10th friend I have wants to be a realtor, or maybe is, uh-huh. right? Realtor, realtor, because right. realtors can work as little as much as they want. Right. They can make a lot of money. Um, it's kind of rewarding. Mm-hmm. Us, uh, you know, there's realtors that make 10000 a year and realtors that make millions, and the same with us. Okay. Um, the difference is you don't have to study for six months with us. You, you're, you're certified within a month. Um, you don't have to ever dress up again. <laughs> so, you know, realtors oh, got to dress up really. and look all presentable. They don't have to work nights and weekends, which is that's when realtors work. Yeah, yeah. So for all those to answer your question in a very long way, um, people who are considering being a realtor, I think this is a dream opportunity because it gets rid of all the negative ugliness. And it's even yeah. more rewarding because you're changing lives, not just helping them find a house. So that's awesome. You don't have to have franchise experience or even entrepreneurial experience, although it's a, it's a plus for sure. Sure. Okay, cool. Well, tell me, how many brands does IFPG work with, roughly? I mean, there's roughly 3,000 franchisors out there, right? Do you kind of play with everybody? What's that? You know, when you're watching TV and you get on one of those uh, channels that's like a 30-minute infomercial. I feel like it's an oh, infomercial. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for all these awesome questions. We didn't teed these up, guys. This is <laughs> not a single one was teed up. Um, nope, that's true. So the question is what? I'm sorry. <laughs> How many brands does IFPG work with? Because ah. there's 3,000, uh, roughly 3,000 out there. I mean, you can't necessarily be, it really engage with all 3,000, can you? Okay, I was going to No, we it. don't want to be. Uh, we, we're pretty selective. We do have about, in my mind, if there's 3,000 plus, about half of them are really legit, actually growing. I mean, sure, maybe 3,000 people have a franchise disclosure document that they had some attorney create, but how many are actually doing something? More in the 15 or 1,800, and we work with about a third of those. So uh, close to 500 brands. We vetted, uh, we feel they're, they're the right fit for us and our consultants. And they're not going to waste people's time. So yeah, we've got close to 500. So our consultants don't have to, you know, get a one-off agreement or negotiate any commission sell, uh, success fees. We have everything about every brand that's a member, and mm-hmm. kind of guaranteed highest commission. So it's a, 
it's a, again, a turnkey, easy program to jump right into and get started. That's awesome. I know some of our listeners had um, asked before and under different interviews, um, do you work with um, newer franchises as well? I know that those tend to be a little bit tricky because you want kind of a track record, right? Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. That is a great question. Um, a lot of, con there are other consulting groups, you know, IFPGs, the biggest and best, of course, but uh, there are others. <laughs> uh, most do not allow emerging brands. You know, emerging wow. brands, why do people buy a franchise? Well, the risk factor is way low compared to starting it yourself and you get launched mm -hmm. faster and the support and the oftentimes household name and all the wonderful reasons why someone buys a franchise. Well, if they have no franchise locations or maybe just a handful, the risk is much higher. They tend to not know what they're doing and that can be to the detriment of the ultimate, the, the candidate, the buyer. Now, don't get me wrong. There's some buyers that love that extra risk, um, you know, because sure. higher risk comes oftentimes high reward. So we take the approach of we love emerging brands. Mm -hmm. We give them every opportunity to succeed. And guess what? Every brand out there was emerging at some point. Exactly. So yeah. Our consultants don't have to show an emerging brand if they don't think it's a good fit for their buyer. Right. But again, there are some buyers that it's a great fit. So, yes, we welcome emerging brands and give them some, uh, you know, ad additional help to get rolling. Okay. Awesome. So let's talk just briefly about, you know, when you say we, we match and, and it always, I always think of it as like the match game or like online dating, right? Like where you set, set these people up or like the bachelor bachelorette, cause <laughs> that's just how crazy I am. And I hate those shows, but I am very interested in how you go about finding the right company or brand for somebody looking to buy? How do you go sure. about doing that? Sure, there's, um, I keep going back to that realtor scenario, but think about if you bought a house or worked with a realtor, they sit down and get to know you. They ask you a whole bunch of questions. Mm -hmm. um, we're not asking how many bedrooms and baths and garages do you want, um, parking garage spots, but rather you know, um, your liquid capital, your retirement uh, savings, not that you're gonna pull from it, but it helps you know, understanding even credit scores and geographic preferences and time available and exit strategies and likes and dislikes. And will you be absentee, semi-absentee, full-time? I mean, we got a hundred questions that the consultant's right. going to ask. And at a high level, I would say it's the science and the art. So the science is pretty much what I just said. All these questions that the consultant asks, they take the answers to all these questions, they got them on paper, you know, they enter them into our system. So the system then takes it down from hundreds down to dozens, usually. Mm -hmm. So whether, you know, from 500 to 50, perhaps, that match everything on paper. Well, no consultant is going to show someone 50 opportunities. What's the right. purpose of having a consultant? So the consultant's then going to shift to the art of the process. The science is done. Let's get the art done. So they look at those 50 and they'll usually do several pass-throughs. They'll, they'll just pull up all 50 that have matched. Look at them. Boom, boom, boom. Yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. This is not the buyer yet. This is not the candidate. This is the consultant mm -hmm. looking at them because they'll typically uh, have an idea of what works and what doesn't from the, from their buyer's mind. Sure. So maybe they're down to 30. Uh, then they'll look at, they'll open up their profile and we have everything someone would really want to know about a franchise that's a member, you know, the ideal candidate profile for that Zor, the okay. day in a life, 
the investment range, which is already matched, so they don't have to worry about sure. that. Um, you know, do they have an item 19, which is one of the searches too. So mm -hmm. some of it's already been done, but they start feeling through, would my candidate who I've gotten to know, maybe done as a, a disc assessment, his Oracle profile, maybe they've, they've done a lot of different things to help really understand what the right match is. Right. Um, they'll look at, uh, you know, they get down to maybe 10 or 25, they'll do a territory check. Is it mm -hmm. even available in the market? Right. Um, maybe they'll call the franchisor and ask a couple extra questions that maybe they didn't have clarity on. They'll watch some of the videos about the opportunity. So they're doing some significant research, again, to get back in ideal uh, mode, taking it from 500 to 50 to five. And ultimately, they're going to present maybe three, maybe six opportunities, but they're really not going to introduce more than three to okay. their candidate. And um. So it's, it's a very cool process. It's fun. The science, the art, getting to know your buyer helps a bunch. Okay, awesome. Well, I have a good question to ask you because this seems to be the question we've been asking everybody lately. Obviously, you're working with all the pieces that affect franchising right now. Yes. So if anybody would know, Red Boswell would know. Oh, the pressure's on. I know, this is the big <laughs> one. Post-COVID, hard to find uh, staff in a lot of industries right now. Um, market's really tight with that. Um, government's got a lot of changes going on. Is now the right time to buy a franchise? Well, in, in true consultant fashion, it depends. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, some, some, some buyers, certainly not. But for the most part, let's, let's talk high level general answer. There's never been a better time to be in franchising. I mean, look at all the trends, um, and these aren't fads. These are things happening in the marketplace. Um, more franchise opportunities than ever. Uh, yeah. The government has taken, you know, the U.S. And, and Canadian governments especially have taken a very consumer protection-oriented stance, so that lowers risk. Right. Uh, transparency is at an all-time high. That helps the consumer in their research, helps the consultant in their research. Sure. Um, and then profitability has never been more transparent. Item 19s are at uh, approximately three-fourths of all franchise opportunities have a, a financial performance representation or disclosures that can be audited to see mm -hmm. the profitability. Then have we seen in our lifetimes lower interest rates? Has the government been more supportive of investment into small businesses? Not to right. in my lifetime either. Yeah. Um, home equity? through the roof. Mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's money. Um, yeah. The 401ks and IRAs, the market, all time high, that's money assets. Um, the, the availability of opportunities for research, for interest, for flu just everything. I mean, I guess if I had to pick, go the opposite direction, what is, what's not ideal? What's not the perfect right. storm? Perhaps you know, the Senate in the U.S., the Senate and the presidency are not the most pro-entrepreneur. Right. So if I had to pick 20 things, those would be the one or two that are not positive, but everything else, and it's not like those are killing franchising or killing right. entrepreneurship, but uh, it is, I'm, I've been in 30 years now helping people achieve their dreams in business, uh, becoming an entrepreneur, and I've absolutely never seen a better time to be in franchising than now, so. That's awesome. I really thank you for your time today, Rod, uh, Red. And 
I was thinking I, the one really cool thing about franchising is that, you know, you have so many different brands to choose from that if one brand seems to be, um, let's say not very appetizing, I'll use that because I'm talking about maybe restaurants don't feel really good right now. Home services some, businesses. Some restaurants. Right, right. That's true, right? Depends on the type. But home service businesses are up. So the nice thing with the variety, I think, that we have in franchising is that if one field doesn't feel good to you, there's probably a bunch of other verticals that you could visit and take a look and find something that not only fits in what's going on today, what you can project the future to need, and really what fits the lifestyle that you're looking for. So I really appreciate that. Chris, well, you're totally right. I've, um, I'm not a consultant myself, a referral consultant, but I'll occasionally do it. I get friends and that ask me to help. I certainly consult with them all day long. And to my, I cannot recall a single time a friend contacted me or introduced me to someone that I ultimately helped that almost every time they have ideas. I'm interested in this. I, I'm thinking about buying that. Or perhaps I'm three days away from signing with this opportunity. <laughs> not, not one single time have they bought what they thought they would. Not mm-hmm. one. So getting someone who understands the marketplace and really gets to know you. And I mean, you're interested in this one, but you know, there's this one that's like 95% the same, less price, more profitable, available in your market. Average in, uh, uh, income is 20% higher. I mean, so yeah, getting a, getting a, a trusted advisor that's free yeah. just makes sense, man. Do you buy a house without help? That's true. That's true. And we're really looking forward to having you on the show here as a regular contributor. So excited to, to do that with yes. you. So got a lot of questions, you know, I always do queued up for all of our future shows too. But I want to thank you for coming on today and talking about IFPG so that as we move forward, we can learn more and more about all the great stuff you do meet some of your, your vendors, your brokers, your, your Zors and your Z's. So again, thank you so much from all of us at Pillars of Franchising, and we'll look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you, Kristen. Love talking to you. Excited about being a regular contributor, and hopefully Fred will have that tree knocked down, and we'll be able to catch up with him too. We're back. And we're back, yes. And Kristen appears to be muted. Yes. Here we go. Yeah. Oh, and I muted and I did a costume change again. And we, <laughs> we depixelated David too for a bit at least. So awesome. Wanna thank awesome. everyone. Our guest Rick and, and Ray had to go. Um, but Kristen, any last comment? Well, I want to thank you too, Rick, for coming. It was a really great show today. I want to pre- I want to thank our guests for hanging in there with our um, kind of lengthy show today. When we do uh, pre-records, we never really know how it's all going to fit together. David, again, amazing job working on some really great management techniques and how to make our team stronger. So, Fred, amazing job behind the scenes. Thanks for not having a crab on my head. And. Uh, <laughs> We're going to Next hope week. that we've got, yeah. <laughs> and we're really looking forward to these new mentees we have out there in the wings right now. A reminder to anybody who's looking, thinking, oh, great, a penguin on my head. <laughs> no pooping on my hat. Um, 
hoping that we got some more people that are interested in buying franchise after all this great information we gave you. And if you are, go to the Pillars of Franchising homepage and you'll find a spot there for mentees. And you can apply to be on the show and get expert help from all of our million dollar mentors for free. Um, and we hope that you all have a great week and we'll enjoy uh, seeing us again next week on Thursday at 4 p.m. Central Time, 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. East Coast Time. I hope I hit all those time zones right. What about Australia but, time? Yeah, Never good mind. luck there. David, you're looking like the Terminator again. I know. We got to fix it. We'll figure it out. You have to do the accent. Every time you pixelate, you're going to have to talk, <laughs> talk like Arnold. <laughs> Until next week, everybody. Thank you so much and Thank have an you, amazing Rick. week. Thank you for joining us on the Pillars of Franchise. to another episode of Pillars of Franchising. Live Thursdays, 5 p.m. Eastern. Be there!